0: Welcome to her fullest potential, the community of women looking to minimize stress, maximize success, and live a more joyful life. It is time to rise together and start building the world we dream to live in. It starts with you, and it starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I am so excited to introduce our guest today, who is a success coach, and her mission is to help people create a legacy for their life while building the income and impact they desire. The legacy that our guest today has built over the last eight years serving hundreds of clients was never something she planned for. She was raised in a unique household with conscious parents, who expected her to learn skills of team play, leadership embodiment, somatic healing, effective communication, and relating skills at a very young age. Her education was not only school, but going to embodiment leadership workshops at the age of 13. It was through this and many years of coaching that she has devoted her life to helping women design the life they desire on their terms. And as a result, her clients get expedited results with her aligned strategy and purpose work to build out their legacy for their life. So please welcome our guest today to the show, Christy Shobbs. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So I'd love to just start with hearing a little bit more about what it is you do. Amazing. So what I do specifically is really helping people really develop their legacy. So the way I think of that is that really is a lot of times in business, but for some people, it's not just... In business, right? We have a legacy that we want to create for our kids, for our life. And I believe that this brings people purpose, it gives them a drive for something more and really how to set up your life in a way and your business in a way that you're building the legacy that you feel really proud of, you feel really at peace about, and that you can sustain it long term. So a lot of the work that I do is emphasizing in purpose work, in goals work, but also in reprogramming your subconscious mind, really getting your body in alignment so that you can actually live the legacy versus unconsciously fight it based off old patterning from our past. And so it's really about being in alignment with yourself while also building out your business and the legacy that it is that you really want to create for yourself.
0: One thing that I loved you mentioned is that you help people make the change, but do it in a way in which it's sustainable, which I see a lot, not only in the online space, but even just in our culture is it's all about a like big change right now. And a lot of the listeners and a lot of people I work with struggle with high functioning anxiety and burnout. So can you talk a little bit about how that sustainable change is really important, especially in relation to the cultural experience of burnout?
1: Absolutely. And I love that you do that firstly, because I think that it's so essential because we, it's so easy, right? To get caught up in the dreams and desires that we have, but we don't think about how is our life actually going to sustain that process, you know, and so a lot of what I actually do is when you're going for building your legacy, let's say in your business, we may be focused on your business, but it's actually really looking at how is the rest of your life going to keep growing with you and have the ability that you have a really solid foundation, almost like a house, right? you have a really solid foundation that a house is built on. And that's how I believe in any legacy, let's say in your business that you want to create, that it's, you have the solid foundation that you are creating for yourself, let's say in your health in your relationships and just what's fun for you. And in my experience, that's what allows you not to burn out because There's not a gap between our vision and reality of what we can actually do in a sustainable way without dropping one area of our life at a time. And so I think of it as every area of our life, our whole life is coming with us. And sometimes that means moving incrementally in our life so we can sustain the change and the growth that we actually desire.
0: So I know that, you know, even just from your bio that this is something you were essentially raised in and brought up in, and then additionally have pursued more training. So can you tell us either about your journey into this or either, or how your, how you embody that maybe your experience with creating this change in a sustainable way in your business and in your life?
1: Absolutely. So just to say, so my mom actually had a has a movement and leadership business for over 50 years. So embodiment was a huge thing that she brought into our household when we were kids, of really being in touch with your own body. And I think that this is actually a huge aspect that we need for sustainability. Most of the time, why? I know from the, from myself, even in the past, time that I'm moving at a pace that's faster than I can actually keep up with, which is what leads us to burnout, right. Is actually because there's a lack of connection to my body and to mean listening to the cues that my body's giving me. And I don't mean just aches and pains and, you know, those little things, but actually really being in tune with your body in my experience is what allows me to create the sustainable change. So a great example, even just to say was how I even got into coaching is I could have, I was a senior in college and I, I could have easily just gone full force into coaching and be like, And like, try to not have a social life, try to not take care of my health and not date and all the things and just totally push because I really loved it. And that's the thing. We don't try to burn ourselves out in my experience. It just happens sometimes because of passion or because of unconscious belief systems that are driving us that we should do more. And so for me though, I'm a firm believer that I wanted my whole life to grow and make the transition into coaching, but I also was really on a deep health journey. And I also really wanted to date. And so I remember that I specifically looked at what is the growth that I want to go for? Yes, into coaching, but also in all the other areas of my life. And so I think of it as an increment, like what increment am I actually on in each area of my life so that I'm not just burning out and then having an area of my life that's going to need a lot of my attention. And then everything has to get reshuffled again. So I think of it as it's like sustainable, sustainable change. And what that means is your whole life has to come with you at every step along the way.
0: I think that's so important to kind of remember and reorient to is that our life is one, Whole <laughs> that our work is not separate from our relationships, and our relationships is not separate from our health. And you know, I often tell people, you know, the it's it's not from a lack of trying. Like your state is not from a lack of trying. Oftentimes, we end up working on the wrong things on accident. And what it sounds like you do is bring people's awareness to the full container of their life, and bringing awareness to how each element is impacting the area that they want to grow into. Is that correct?
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because the truth is legacy and income and impact and everything we want to create. Or if it's a family, if you aren't bringing your whole life with you, then in my experience, that's when people have challenges or problems later that are needed to be tended to. And I'm a firm believer in don't wait for challenges to put attention in a certain area of your life. And that's why I personally, every month even, look at all areas of my life and I actually look at what do I need to focus on? What areas am I growing? What, are, what is my increment in each area? So that, let's say with my husband, I'm not leaving that relationship behind because I'm so focused on my business. It's really about bringing everything with us and creating that sustainable balance so we can have that sustainable growth.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about how you either guide your clients or you recommend people pursue that change in a way that's effective? Because whenever I teach to behavior change, I always like to use the kind of joke, but also the example that if you've, if you've ever set a new year's resolution, we know that making change is easier said than done because most people usually last about 10 days maybe a few weeks, maybe six weeks if you're like having a good year. And then we we drop off the wagon and it doesn't sustain itself. So can you talk about what are the key components to creating change that is temporary versus sustainable
1: mm-hmm.
0: and long lasting? Yeah,
1: you know, I think the key is that I really find is the first thing is for most people is you have to actually get out of the conditioning of what you think your life should look like and that what the growth is that you actually want. So I think a lot of times why people fail more on that short-term scale is because they get inspired in a moment. They see what somebody else does and they think, oh, I should lose 10 pounds. I should be in this relationship. I should want to grow my business. When the truth is there are no shoulds of how anybody should live their life and however they want to do it is totally on their terms. And so a big thing that I do with my clients to actually create that long-term sustainable change is first unwinding and getting really honest with themselves about what it is that they actually want. And I have all my clients align with their values. This is where I bring in somatic work and unconscious reprogramming so that we can let go of the old belief systems of what we've been programmed to, because we've been programmed by society, by our parents, by life of how we should do life. Even if you're not conscious of it, we're programmed, we're impacted as human beings. And so- what we first do is we unwind that. We really let go and upgrade those belief systems to make sure they're true for you. And then really setting out what it is that you actually really want in your life from your values. And there are no limits to what that can be. And there also, it can be anything that you want. You know, a lot of people focus, let's say on income growth And I had a client even recently say, I just want to maintain my life. It's great. I don't want to try and grow it. And it's beautiful because when you are designing and creating your life in a way that's true to you, things work out more easily. It's easier to make the change when it's true for you. So that's really the first step is just getting really real and also deconditioning yourself around those belief systems. And then from there, It's really looking at what are your priorities and really mapping out a plan for yourself of where you want to go next. Like, what is the next pillar you want to move towards in your life? But again, I believe that with all my clients, even though a lot of them I'm focused on their business, every area of their life is growing because we know, right, in coaching that as you step towards your business, the other areas of your life will grow. And I won't let my clients drop those other areas of their life to just, you know, funnel in and really creating the business success they want. Because again, it's not sustainable when we just funnel in on one area. One question I've actually
0: been asked before is how do I know what my values are? So this is a super brief question, but can you talk about how you help people clarify and I know you mentioned, um, you, in, that's where you introduced somatic work and unconscious reprogramming. Can you just go into a little bit more detail about how you help people clarify what their values are?
1: Yes. I always say your values actually are how you're living your life. So it's, if you want to know what you value, look at where you spend your time and how you live your life over a longer period of time. And it doesn't mean that your values can't change. And that's why, you know, this is a lot of the work that I do is about the communication you have with yourself has got to get really real. (laughs) I think a lot of the times we don't, we don't have such an honest communication system inside of ourselves because we are trying to live our life in a certain way. That's not actually true to us. And so for values, I always say for people to look at, well, how do you live your life? What do you do? What do you value? Where are you spending your time? And it takes, and this is a practice that I do with people. I say, go into the bird's eye view. So if you think that you're a bird above your life, looking down and you have it, it's it's being able to see it from an observer versus from seeing it through the lens in which you're living it. And from that observer view, look at where do you actually spend your time? Because It doesn't mean you can't change your values it doesn't mean you can't strive for creating new values you want to bring into your life and it does mean though that you do need to look at first and get an honest look at where do you spend your time what do you value because a lot of times what people do is they write down oh well my mom taught me to value family and my dad taught me to value integrity And that's not really what they value necessarily. It's what they've been programmed to, to value. And so a lot of times looking at our actions is a big representation of what it is that we actually value in our life. Because over a longer period of time, we do do the same thing based off of the uh, the values that we actually have. So That's how I personally teach people is first, just getting really honest about it.
0: I love that you bring the awareness to what we're already doing. And part of the reason why I love that is because in the conversation of personal development, people can kind of get lost in thinking they need to be fixed. And what I love about that is it brings their awareness to the reality that who they are is fine. I mean, of course we can always grow and we can refine and we can evolve and we can get more clear in who we are. Of course, definitely that's why we're all here. But who we are at our core is innately intelligent and is already guiding us to what it is we value and to what it is we crave more of. So I think that's a really skillful approach to helping people learn that about themselves. Mm -hmm. And one thing you mentioned in that process of getting clear clarity and one's values is the importance of getting really honest in the communication we have with ourself. So can you talk more about that inner dialogue and how that ripples out into our choices?
1: Yeah. So I really think that a lot of times we are, again, it comes back to conditioning over and over and over again. It just does. We are conditioned of what's appropriate to say to even ourselves. And we're not able to just have an honest conversation about what we like and we don't like about ourselves or life and what we like and we don't like about other people. And it's this politeness culture that I think a lot of us have been ingrained in that, we actually shut down our true communication with ourselves, which is actually, in my opinion, of why judgment is probably one of the most people in my experience have self-judgment. But if self-judgment is not something we're innately born with, if you look at a baby, no baby judges themselves for being who they are or for doing anything they do. So judgment is learned in our society. Judgment is learned in the culture. And I believe that First, it's part of why we judge ourselves is just where we don't know how to have an honest conversation with ourselves. And this, it could be even this something I do with myself all the time. I say things I don't like about life all the time, but I'm not complaining about life. I'm just being honest about the things that frustrate me. The things that I don't like, I actually have a, a practice I'll share that I do. It's called a love of life walk where every day I go outside for a walk and I say everything that I don't like about life out loud for two minutes. And I just say it and not venting it, just thinking of it, it's a cup and I'm letting that cup being released. And I just say everything that I don't like about life, everything that I feel frustrated about. And then to, after two minutes, I say everything I love about my life and everything I'm grateful for, because again, And it is such a powerful practice just to say, if anybody wants to try it, I have all my clients do it. It's so powerful, but part of why it's so powerful is because you're changing that relationship with yourself where it's okay to say things you like, and you don't like, it's okay to be honest about, you know, that person really upset me. And now I'm triggered and I don't want to be around them. And it's about kind of taking off this mask of politeness and the things we're supposed to say and the things that we need to say in society to just let's be honest. Let's go back to being almost like a child. And what is my truth? What do I really think about the world and my day and my experiences? And with when we can name it, there's actually not judgment attached to it. And so that is why I really work with clients and myself, I find that I really have such little judgment in my life of myself and other people. And I really think a lot of it comes from this because of the way I was raised, that my my parents never shut down this part of me to just be honest about what I think and feel not to be mean and go yell at people around down, but between me and me, that we know how we think and feel about things.
0: I walk my dog at least once a day. So I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, that sounds so lovely just to, like you said, not bend, not like feed the drama of frustration, but just let it out and let it be heard so that it can be filled with something else. Um, I think that's a great technique. Thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> I will definitely give that a try. I'm like, maybe I'll just go for an extra walk today.
1: (laughs) It's really fun. And I will say the key is you have to talk out loud while you're doing it. And it is to break that cultural barrier of, I'm allowed to talk to myself out loud on the street. That's fine. It's it's normal. (laughs) It's really fun. I highly recommend it. I'm so glad you're going to try it.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, Sometimes I'll, if I feel kind of overwhelmed by my own thoughts, I'll just put my headphones in and leave, record a voice note. So, and I usually delete it. I never even listened to it because it's usually very long with like super long pauses, Um, but I'm definitely going to try that. Thank you. It's a great recommendation. Yeah. And I'm so glad. And I love to hear that your parents didn't shut that down on you because as you mentioned, this culture of polite um, is really concerned about, you know, how we affect the outside world, but not necessarily from a place of meaning more from a place of pleasantries and that's kind of why i asked that question of how do how do you help people identify what their values are because i've seen that time and time again also within myself that that severing of your own sense of self happens so quickly when we are shaped and formed to exist in a way that is pleasing that is polite that is pleasant and that repairing and coming back to self and saying things that are uncomfortable or talking to yourself in the street and someone gives you a funny look because they don't understand. That's a, it takes a lot of courage to be a part of that repairing process. And I also know that, you know, we can't do it alone. (laughs) We can do all of the repairing ourselves. We can do all of the growth ourselves, but at the end of the day, we still live in a world where we have to interact with other people. So I know that conscious and embodied communication is a huge part of what you do. So do you want to transition and talk more about maybe the meat of communicating? I know we just talked about communicating with yourself, but how that ripples out and plays out in communicating and relationships.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I think a lot of it, again, it's kind of similar. So if you can't be honest with yourself, a lot of times what happens with other people is we're not honest with other people. and. I don't mean honest by I know I'm just going to tell this person I didn't like what they did because that's not helpful. So this is where honesty, you honesty and authentic communication meets skill. Because we also need skills of how to actually communicate things in a way people can hear them. And I think that this is why a lot of people have relationship challenges or even challenges in their business and dynamics is because it's not really so much of the little things. It really comes down to communication. And most people don't know how to communicate well. And I always say communication comes down to four aspects, tone, timing, energy, and the words you use. And when you actually have the ability to put those four components together and learn how to work with them, you are able to communicate anything to anyone, whenever you want, you can set boundaries, you can lead people, you can go for what you want and learn how to let people know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. But it really is about mastering, so to speak, tone, timing, energy, and the words you use, because Everybody is different and responds to communication differently, which is why it's not even those four components. It's not a cookie cutter way of working with it, but it's also a way of learning how to read people, learning how to read yourself, and then learning those four components and putting it all together, which may sound complex, but I promise it actually is simple. Once you're in the act of doing it, it just becomes a practice and a skill that you get to practice over and over again so that you feel that you can always communicate anything to anybody whenever you want, which I think is so essential for human beings to be able to have that practice and skill.
0: I 100% agree. And I love how you broke that down into four components. Well, we we just say those one more time. It's tone, timing, energy, and the words you use. Okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like I was yeah. listening. Um, <laughs> and you know, coming from a place of especially mental well-being, one pattern I see just across humanity is the need to be heard and the need to be mm-hmm. seen, and to be heard and seen, almost in a way without response, like without judgment, without critique, without a fix, without even affirmation, just allowing uh, yourself to be seen and heard and just letting that be what it is. And I think that's, well, I know from my own experience that oftentimes when my communication isn't as skillful as it could be, what I'm trying to share is getting lost in translation. I actually had an experience about this literally just yesterday, and upon reflection, I realized, oh, you know, I, I think the reason why that got lost and misinterpreted is because I was speaking too quickly, and maybe didn't leave enough pause in between mm. what they said and what I said. And so I love that you had um, timing in there, and I think that's slightly different, um, or I don't know. I think there's maybe many meanings of timing, but uh, that was one interpretation I felt from that, and. So anywho, the point of being able to share yourself truthfully and accurately and effectively is really important in just cultivating that sense of self, that sense of of knowing oneself, of knowing your truth, knowing your values, and making these changes sustainably. Because if, you, if you're trying to share yourself and it repeatedly gets lost in translation, that can feel really confusing, I would imagine, to the person that's trying to share themselves. So I think A, I just deeply agree and really believe in the power of communication. And to take this a little bit further, I know, you know, you often talk about how communication affects and ripples out into business success or curating your legacy. And so maybe kind of bringing it back full circle, can you talk more about how being able to master your communication actually ripples out beyond just your relationships and beyond just your sense of self, but into all areas of your life?
1: Yeah, well, if you think about it, time is money, right? The time we spend talking to ourselves in our head about the things that we don't like about life or judging ourselves is money. And also the timing we spend. So a lot of times I think in business and how communication directly relates to business is we spend so much time thinking in our minds, what am I going to say to that person? Am I doing this right? Oh, I should do it this way. Oh, they think this of me. And that is wasting so much time and energy. And so a lot of what I do with my clients is I say, what needs to happen here? What is the communication? How do we say it? And let's go make it happen. And it cuts hours or even days of one just thinking about things because i think that's probably one of the biggest place we waste time and energy and money is thinking and the other thing in business is when we don't know how to communicate well with ourselves and well with the people we're working with whether it's employees whether it is our clients what whatever service you are in whatever business you're in If you don't know how to communicate well, if you can't in a dime say, okay, I have something to communicate and I can do it, you're spending time not only thinking about it, but as you're doing tasks in the day, as you're doing work, you're unconsciously just looming in those thoughts of the communication that you have to get. And so it actually also impacts your work productivity because you're not able to just be fully present with the task that you have at hand. And so this also leads to, I find most people in business, what impacts their income is also just their organization. But the reason why most people have a hard time with organizing, let's say goals and their time and their day and you know their workflow and delegation is because of they're busy thinking about so much. And so for me, communication is first within, within yourself and getting a really clear stream of communication inside yourself, knowing what do you have to communicate to yourself, to other people, and just go do it. Again, skills are needed, but then once you have the skills, go do it. And then in business, also a lot of times between employees, or clients is being able to just communicate things either know when you're going to communicate whatever you have to communicate like okay next Tuesday I'm going to communicate that to my client or you just go do it in that moment again because then we're not thinking so much about all these things we need to handle and all these things that we actually need to communicate because most of the time, and I have this, I have one client who's a corporate client. I work with their whole team and it's so interesting. I thought I was going to work with them on goals and all these amazing things. And I was, and it came down to, wow, they just need a lot of help in communicating with one another because, and, and now that they're communicating well, their workflow is growing, their productivity is growing, their income, like everything grows because they're not holding on to things in the day, and they also have systems to be able to communicate really effectively with each other, which I think is another part in business. But I really see that it comes down to being able to take action on communication or knowing when am I going to communicate something so I can keep my mind really clear and present with whatever task I'm doing in that moment.
0: One frame of reference I often use in my work is I talk about first, you have to reduce negative stress. And that stress, stress is just a force that creates change. It can be positive or negative. And negative stress is, any, is a force that drains our energy. It pulls us further away from who we are. And positive stress is something that builds our energy. It challenges us. It helps us to grow. And that if you add positive stress before reducing negative, you're just adding more stress. So I, I go into that too draw a parallel between that. And it sounds like the benefit of really refined and masterful communication, because what you were describing, for example, with that team and that corporate client that you work with is that in refining the communication, you're essentially doing both at the same time. You're eliminating all of the wasteful habits, all of the miscommunication, all of the mental mental clutter that gets in the way. You're reducing, if not removing all of that and at the same time also bringing in better understanding more effective meetings more efficient work time a clearer mind and therefore i would imagine and you know from experience a better sense of well-being and so this is one reason why i love communication and i'm really just so grateful to get to talk to you as as an expert in this to more about it because it really addresses both sides of that coin at once. And it addresses, as you've talked about and embody the whole of someone's life, the whole of your experience, your business, your team, your relationships, yourself, your health, all of these things. So I just, um, yeah, I I think that's really amazing. And I love that example that you gave with the clients um, or with with your corporate client. That's really amazing. Kind of zooming out a little bit what are some ways that people can start to improve their communication? And I know that's such a vague question. So, um, well, actually I'll just start there. Yeah. And then if you need more direction, I can give it to you. (laughs) What are some ways that people can start to improve their communication in their daily life?
1: I think the first thing is recognizing where you're not fully communicating what you have to communicate with yourself or with other people. So even at the end of every day, one thing is you could write down what are, if I had no fear, what would I really say to myself? If I had no fear, what would I really say to that person I work with? And just starting to explore all the places where first you're not saying what you have to say, because this is this is the root of communication challenges that I find is Most people are not very honest with each other, or they're really honest, but they're mean about it. So you get two sides. So the first step is just seeing what you're not really saying, because that's what takes up so much of our time and energy in the day. So that is one practice I definitely, definitely recommend is just getting honest about what you're not saying. And you can make it a daily practice for yourself. And another thing is to recognize that, let's say you have an interaction with someone and just observing, oh, I felt funny after, I felt weird, or I felt upset after that. To actually ask yourself, what happened that I feel that way? What actually happened in our conversation that I'm feeling upset about what happened? And is it that I didn't communicate something? Is it that I didn't end the conversation soon enough? Is it that I didn't let them know, you know, that something they said, did not work for me? And it's just getting curious about where I like to call them like the glitches, like where are the glitches in communication that are actually happening? Because in my experience, most people don't even know they have a communication issue. Most people think they're communicating just fine. And this is normal. And I don't believe that. (laughs) I believe that Most human beings, in my experience, can refine their communication, either in learning how to communicate with more kindness and clarity, or learning how to speak up and also, again, communicate with kindness and clarity. But there's two sides. So I would recommend those two practices to start. And also, just asking, really just getting curious with yourself of Well, where am I receiving communications that don't feel good to me? And where am I giving communications that don't feel good to me? And that's another great practice to just get curious with that. So you can start to heighten your awareness to be able to refine this area of communication. Again, because I think in our culture, it's so normal not to communicate well with one another that we are just used to it. So it does take a high level of awareness to pick up on where there might not be a good flow of communication between you and another person.
0: Those are great recommendations. I love the prompt of, if I had no fear, what would I say? <laughs> that's, that's a great prompt. Um, I'm gonna put that one in my piggy bank as well as the walk <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's, it's tricky. And I think often, you know, boundaries are a huge part of that you know, if you were to ask yourself, if I had no fear, what would I say? I would imagine that a lot of what comes up in people's minds is some expression of a boundary. Either I disagree. (laughs) I didn't like that. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Some version of that. Please don't say that again.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm a huge lover of boundaries. It's, I find that that liberation of the voice is super important in setting boundaries to not lead to burnout, to really overcome these like chronic patterns of high functioning anxiety, even trauma work. It's super important and really effective, but what I find can be so difficult about them is you're not only navigating your own fear potentially, but you're also navigating other people's fear (laughs) that happens when you essentially say no. And no is not a word that our culture really is familiar with because it's not as pleasant. It's not as polite. It's not as pleasing. So do you have any recommendations for anybody who struggles with the element of no, whether you're the one receiving the boundary or you set the boundary and somebody pushes back because they don't like that. You said no, essentially. Do you have any recommendations for navigating that terrain?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I love boundaries just to say, I think being able to, Set a boundary in any given moment is one of the most powerful things you can do. And I just want to emphasize, this is when it also comes down to skill. So a lot of times people think of boundaries as, no, don't do that. Or I didn't like it when you do that. But the truth is, that's just you venting your feelings to another person. It's not actually skillfully setting a boundary. So I'll come back to that in a moment. But with no if you have a hard time hearing no from yourself, you're going to have a hard time hearing no from another person. So anywhere you don't like the word no, and you don't like hearing no, and you don't like saying no to yourself, you're, you're not going to receive someone's boundary very well. And I think that that's a huge part of it for people, right? Is yes, I'm so fun and easy. And yes, I want to do that with you. No, I don't want to, I don't want to hang out with you, <laughs> you know, and where, and most people have a hard time setting boundaries with themselves in a lot of ways. So I would say the first thing with no is get used to saying no, say no to yourself more and not in a mean way, but just, it could be, no, we are not drinking our cup of coffee right now. And yes, we are sitting down to write down our to do list, you know, just even little things to bring in the word no into the culture of your life is a beautiful thing. And the other piece with boundaries, again, I just want to emphasize is it is about being skillful when you are communicating boundaries, because people have trauma, they have history. And you have no idea if the thing you're going to say is going to poke that trauma or that history inside of them. And then it evokes this version of them. That's not really them. It's the trauma. And you don't want to be on the receiving end of that. And so I think that's why a lot of people, right. Don't really set boundaries is because they have an experience of likely evoking different parts of people that aren't a very kind version of them. But this is what I'm a firm believer in. And this is exactly what I teach is how do you communicate boundaries in a way that someone can also hear them? So you're not just saying I'm saying no to another person, but this is where you get really skillful and reading another person. How can I say, you know, I do this with my husband all the time. How can I give him a boundary and say no, but I don't have to be harsh and mean I can be very tactful about it and go, oh, honey, you know, when you did this, it really didn't feel good to me. And I would really appreciate it if you can, you know, speak to me in a kinder tone of voice when you say things that you, that you're giving me feedback on. And that's a boundary, even though it doesn't, most people probably wouldn't identify that as a boundary. That is a boundary. And so I really want to give to your listeners to also get curious and look at, How can I deliver boundaries in a way that that person can hear them? And if I know being harsh or having a rough tone of voice doesn't work for them, then don't set a boundary in that way. So this is also about how to keep yourself safe and you building a safe relationship inside of your nervous system with boundaries.
0: So I'm curious to hear your perspective on a piece of the dialogue around boundaries, communication, relationships. And one is that, or the thing I want to get your input on is the saying that, you know, I am not responsible for anyone else's emotions except my own. I am not responsible for other people's triggers. I am not responsible for the way they react to what I say. I'm only responsible for my own emotions. And one thing you just said is that when you, communicate in a way that doesn't trigger other people's stuff. It also keeps you safe. (laughs) So that is a way of taking responsibility for your own emotions. But I'd love to hear your perspective on that cultural dialogue when it comes to communication.
1: Totally. I absolutely am a firm believer that I'm not responsible for anybody's words, actions, or feelings hundred percent. And actually I have such a funny example. When I was a kid, my mom taught me that very young and I had a friend who was seven and she said, what you're doing is making me really sad. And I remember I said back to her, I can't make you sad. I can't go in your body and make you feel sad. Only you can make yourself feel sad. Um, so that is what I learned as a That's child awesome. <laughs> as a seven year old thing. Good job. Yeah. Mom. So <laughs> it's, uh, so I to, to answer that, I'm a firm, firm, firm believer in I am not responsible for how someone feels or how someone responds, and that I'm only responsible for my experience. Now, at the same time, though, if I'm in relationship with someone at work, let's say an employee or my husband or a family member, I also want a good relationship with them. I desire to have what I call a team oriented relationship, and that requires skill. So on one hand, I'm not responsible for how they take anything that I say. And on the other hand, my desire, and this is where, again, this kind of ties back to legacy is like, what is that legacy you want? What is What are you going for? And what are the skills you need to go for that? And so- I think that because I desire to have a great relationship, let's say, with all my clients, with all the relationships in my life, I also want to be tactful and skillful at my communication. So the way I think of it, so we can have a win-win solution. Like, I don't want another person to feel bad. I don't want my husband to feel bad when I set a boundary. I don't want myself to feel bad, though, by not setting a boundary. So how can I say it in a way that's true for me, but also in a way that he can also hear it and receive it? So it's a team oriented relationship and simultaneously each person is a hundred percent responsible for their experience at all times.
0: I think the way you demonstrated that really ties back to one of the first things we talked about in this episode is that we, our life is not separate (laughs) or separated into a million different pieces. It's actually one conglomerate whole. And so the way you demonstrated like, yes, I'm not responsible but this is how this is why I might be motivated to tailor my communication to the individual, is recognizing that our that our relationships impact our well-being. Yeah. <laughs> and if we sever ourselves and totally disconnect ourselves from our relationships and say, oh, it doesn't matter. I am who I am. I'm going to feel the way I feel no matter what my relationships are, I would imagine that there's some sort of maybe disconnect. Uh, Mm -hmm. to our relation, relational health in our life. And so that maybe by practicing that dance of, well, I don't want them to feel bad, but also I don't want to feel bad either can help to really empower whatever it is. Our, our goals are with the awareness that all pieces of our life support us in growth. Um, Mm-hmm. So I just really love your approach to what it is you teach that holistic oh <laughs> framework and recognizing like, it's all connected. It's not separate. And also, as you mentioned before, you love to learn the skills and then you have to do it. You have to take action. And when you get stuck in those thinking loops, you end up just wasting your time. You end up wasting your energy and you end up wasting your life. So I just am a huge fan of your work and really love the way in which you present it. It's really effective and really clear.
1: Oh, thank you. And I also just want to emphasize something you said is like, yes, you have to go do it. And this is the other side of communication is it's going to be messy. When you're learning, it's going to be messy. When you're not learning, it's still going to be messy. And it's not making any meaning of the mess. You know, so I just really wanted to emphasize that because I thought that that was so brilliant that you said that. And people getting used to things are messy and it's about keep going and that you will become masterful at it as you're just willing to embrace the experience of what it is to be a human and to learn and to fall and to fumble and to make mistakes and then just keep going for communicating versus Oh no, I made a mess in communication and now I'm no longer going to speak my truth or I'm going to set boundaries. That's what not to do. (laughs) So I just really wanted to emphasize like, yes, go fumble in the process of learning this. It's how we're designed to learn as humans.
0: I'm so glad you said that (laughs) because, you know, um, yoga (laughs) philosophy talks about the causes to suffering. And one of, one of them is essentially, I had a bad experience once. And so it will forever be bad. And then we avoid that creating suffering. And it's what you're saying is it is going to be messy. You're not going to be perfect because communication is hard. It's also tricky because we grow up, we've all grown up in a time of the nuclear family where each household has its own microculture. Each household has its own cuisine, its own fashion, its own morals, its own communication styles. And so when we're trying to take this, these infinite variations of culture and mix it into our daily life, communication gets tricky because as you mentioned, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own trauma. Everyone has their own experience with communication. Mm -hmm. So just the willingness to show up and just keep trying. And for me, I found one thing that's helped continue is just being curious and asking questions. So like when I'm in a moment that is messy and uncomfortable, instead of trying to keep pushing forward to get my point across is actually pausing and just asking a question to deepen understanding. Um, I find that really helpful. So just a little piggyback off of what you said.
1: (laughs) That's beautiful. I love that.
0: Can you tell us more about um, the offerings you have going on in case anybody listening is super interested and wants to work with you, Christy?
1: Yes, I'd be happy to. So right now I offer... One to one private coaching. And I actually have a group program coming up all on this, all about, you know, really creating your legacy, but also really about learning these skills. And like I talked about the skills, and I'll be breaking down the skills for you to learn in communication so you can become a masterful communicator. And that will be coming soon. So if anybody's interested, I would absolutely love to have you in my world.
0: And where can they find you in your work?
1: On Instagram is the best place. So at Christy Shaw's is the best place to find me. And yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm always just happy to meet people and connect. Obviously communication is a big thing. So I will definitely communicate and say hello to everybody who is there.
0: (laughs) That's that's kind of funny. (laughs) Right, yeah, of course, communication is your thing. Um, And I always like to ask guests if there's any last kind of golden nugget you want to leave whether it's a brief story, a piece of advice, a favorite quote, something that you want to leave with listeners today?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just know that wherever you are in your life, wherever you are in the world with communication, with wherever you are, just to know that you can change your course of how you're doing life in a, in a moment. And it really comes down to choice. And so just knowing wherever your whatever you're experiencing it's a choice to choose something different and you have no idea where that path will take you down and you get to design that in every moment so that's what i'll leave people with beautiful i love it (laughs) it's very inspiring Mm -hmm. i
0: got felt the um the empowering goosebumps like yeah i'm gonna (laughs) go and make a choice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Christy. This has been awesome. I have so enjoyed talking with you and learning more about what you do and your approach and I'm thankful and grateful that you offer this. It's so, so, so important. So thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Oh, thank you, Chelsea. And thanks for having me and for doing what you do in the world. It's beautiful. So, so grateful to be here and connect with me.
0: Wasn't that amazing? For more incredible offerings, be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast and find us on social media to join the community of women who are obsessed with reaching their fullest potential. As always, may you walk with grace and courage, and we'll see you next time.